forced to leave your home country due to civil war or political or religious persecution is a desperate situation to be in. As a refugee or as an asylum seeker in Hong Kong, you're not allowed to work for paid jobs while you're waiting for your application results. Often this poses a menace to the living and financial well-being of the refugees. As of September 2017, there are 14,000 pending asylum seekers in Hong Kong. Jimmy Lam went to speak to one of them, Marco. Thanks for joining us. First of all, can you tell us why you decided to seek asylum in Hong Kong? Well, I am a lawyer in Vietnam. In one case, I helped a man to sue the government. It turned out to be a huge issue. After that, I became not a welcomed person in my country. I fear for my safety, so I bought a plane ticket to Hong Kong. Because Hong Kong is an international city, and I think I can survive here without learning Chinese language. And when did you come here? Mm, that was in 2013, so like four years ago. And since then you have been staying in Hong Kong, right? Yes. After I arrived, I went to the UN office to seek asylum. And when would you know the results of your application? Well, I don't know. It is a very long queue. Mm, so we don't know the res- when the result is. And how would you describe your living and financial condition right now? Very poor, very poor. I live in a village house in Yunlong with three other friends. We get the living allowance of $1,500 to pay the rent. And how do you support your living here? Um, we cannot work here by the law. So we can only rely on $1,200 food allowance per month and we always cook at home to save money. So back then did you bring any money to Hong Kong from Vietnam um, four years ago? Well, I can say only a little because if I bring a lot if I bring a lot of cash and belongings, I will look suspicious. So I pretend to go on a short trip to Hong Kong. So is it fair to say you have used up the money you brought here already and you are living off the allowances you get? Well, indeed, yes. That is why <clears throat> I try to use very little money out of the $1,200 foot allowance to save a part of it. So what do you normally do in daytime? <laughs> not much. I stay in Yunlong and not take bus or MTR to save money. Every morning I read the free newspaper, but I still find it very boring to stay at home all the time. I want to work, but some of my friends got caught and put into jail because his work was to transport drugs. Well, he didn't know it was drugs. He just wants to get some money. So Marco, what are the changes in your life that you would want to see? I want. I really want to see my asylum application result as soon as possible. If it is a fail, then I need to start thinking what I should do next. If it is successful, then I can look for jobs to start a new life here. I want to continue my profession as lawyer here to help people being treated unfairly. And I really want to build my family to live a good life. Don't need to be rich. Just having a job to have enough money. 
You heard there from Marco telling us about the difficult situation he's currently in. To get him some advice, Jimmy spoke to registered social worker Rachel Chu. Good morning, Rachel. For the refugees you have worked with,、um, do they face similar difficulties like our listener Marco? Yes, absolutely. Refugees by nature are very passive. Most of them are threatened or cannot survive in their home country because of what they did or because of civil war, for example.、Mm, because of their passiveness, when they come into another country, they are often deemed as second-tier resident. Like what Marco mentioned, they cannot work, so they can only rely on allowances and wait endlessly for their application results, which can be can take. Yes, and all in all, they live a very passive life.、Um, so, what are the things Marco can actively do to improve this situation? Do you think? I think he is heading to the right direction. Firstly, he has thought the thought about the application result outcome. Let's start thinking from the worst scenario. If Hong Kong rejects him. He then should come up with a list of a few countries or cities and look up for the information about their requirement on refugee application. This info should be readily available on the internet, and to save money, he can make good use of free internet services provided by some NGOs. And also, he should put aside a sum of money, like、uh, for buying airplane tickets to travel to his next. Next destination, and once he has prepared for the worst, he can start to think on the bright side. What a what if Hong Kong accepts him? Then, because I heard Marco mentioned he's a lawyer and he wants to continue with his profession here in Hong Kong, he needs to do some research on how the Hong Kong Law Society or related bodies handles lawyer qualifications obtained outside Hong Kong. I don't know whether a lawyer license in Vietnam is directly transferable to a Hong Kong one, or Marco needs to take some kind of conversion test in order to practice in Hong Kong. And if there's really a test, at least he can keep himself busy during the daytime. I guess it's very important for Marco to have a goal he can work towards. Yeah, exactly. I've come across with many refugees with very serious psychological pain, and when they are down, they are most vulnerable. They may engage on high-risk activities like gambling or engaging in illegal activities like taking drugs, doing paid jobs like transporting drugs, as Marco mentioned. So I would always encourage them to reach out to NGOs to 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 make more friends. That way, they can interact with other people that face similar situations, and that bonding can help them get through the most difficult period. Which is to wait for the results, right? Yeah.、Same. And Rachel, what about the、uh, financial side?、Um, do you think、um, Marco can do anything to improve his、uh, financial situation?、Mm, I think. Saving up is the key, which Marco is doing anyway. And since refugees cannot do paid jobs, it looks like their income source is very limited. But I would ask Marco or others to think from a long-term angle. The idea is like planting seeds now, and hopefully you will get a lot of trees in the future. And to put it into context, the rule says you cannot take the paid jobs. 
but you can do voluntary work or ask for other types of reward for the help you offer to others. And the reward can be in the form of like、um, meal, some necessity, for instance, home appliances, food, etc. And the key is to broaden the personal network, which will always be helpful, right?、Yeah. And I heard that、uh, he said he's mainly staying in the area he lives in, and that's Yunlong, and doesn't travel around Hong Kong most of the time. I think there are some economical activities Marco and his friends can consider. He can do some hiking, some sports that are free, except very little money spent on buying the kit. And there are also many second-hand shops like those run by the Salvation Army. It's very important for Marco to feel integrated with the society rather than detached, and very often it has a knock-on effect on other aspects of his life in Hong Kong. Once Marco feels more positive through actively engaging the society, he stands a better chance to achieve his goals. That was Jimmy Lam speaking with registered social worker Rachel Chu. If you want to learn more about the situation facing refugees in Hong Kong, then the Justice Centre is an organisation which provides help, support, and services to refugee men, women, and children. A while ago, I went to speak to Adam Severson, senior legal adviser at the Justice Centre, and I asked him to explain what they do. We provide psychological and legal support to people seeking protection in Hong Kong from persecution and tortures in their home country. We also advocate for the rights of these people in Hong Kong. And how many refugees are there in Hong Kong coming each year, and, and what sort of countries are they coming from? Well, there are around ten thousand people who have registered in the Unified Screening Mechanism to seek protection, which is the government's process for determining who is a refugee and who is not.、Uh, the people come from a variety of countries. In 2014, we had people from almost 50 countries come to our office, including many countries which have been in the media: Central African Republic, Yemen,、um, Somalia, Egypt. Many of these refugees、uh, have experienced torture, other abuses, which have left、um, psychological trauma. So they're they're in need of legal and psychological support. They require government assistance to access adequate food, housing, and medical care. So, what sort of services do you provide, and what sort of help and assistance can you provide to these refugees once they've arrived here in Hong Kong? Well, the unified screening mechanism is a, is a relatively new system. It's been around since March of 2014.、So、every person who walks through our door can be expected to receive information, detailed information about how the USM works. However, for some people in need of protection who may struggle through the process, for example, they may be illiterate or they may be victims of torture. For example, who have psychological trauma, we may provide. More intensive psychological and legal support. The psychological support is in the form of counseling. The legal support would be in the form of testimony and legal argumentation. So a lawyer would sit down with these people, help them to draft their story over a series of meetings, and then draft a legal argument as to why this person is in need of protection. That was Adam Severson of the Justice Centre, who were a beneficiary of Operation Santa Claus in 2015. And just a reminder that Operation Santa Claus 2017, the annual charity organised by RTHK and the South China Morning Post, kicks off on Monday, November the 13th, and there will be lots of fundraising activities coming up. So keep a lookout for them.